0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Elaine B., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today is Friday, October 13, 2017. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are on page 158, reading the first and second paragraph. Today's readers are... Penny L.C. on the 12 Steps, Amanda R. on the 12 Traditions, Eileen M. and Janice B. The reference number for the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, Thursday, October 12th, was 10542. That's 10,542. The reference number for this morning's 7 a.m. meeting for Friday, October 13th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, is 10544. Tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeater eating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Penny Elsie to read the 12 steps. Yes,
1: good morning. Good morning evening to everyone on the line. This is Penny Elsie, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from the state of Washington. The 12 steps: One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Past.
2: Thank you very
0: much, Penny L.C. I will now ask Amanda R. to please read the 12
3: traditions. Hi this is Amanda R recovered compulsive overeater from Maine the 12 traditions 1 our common welfare should come first personal recovery depends upon away unity 2 for our group purpose there is but one ultimate authority a loving god as he may express himself in our group conscience our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern 3 lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 9. OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, I pass.
0: Thank you very much, Amanda R. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 158, the first paragraph, which begins next day, We Found the Prospect, and we're reading and commenting on two paragraphs. I will ask Eileen M. to please begin reading.
4: Good morning. This is Eileen M. Um, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, this is Eileen M. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Lebanon, New Hampshire. Next day found the prospect more receptive. He had been thinking it over. Maybe you're right, he said. God ought to be able to do anything. Then he added, He sure didn't do much for me when I was trying to fight this booze racket alone. On the third day, the lawyer gave his life to the care and direction of his creator and said he was perfectly willing to do anything necessary. His wife came, scarcely daring to be hopeful, though she thought she saw something different about her husband already. He had begun to have a spiritual experience. Oh, this this reading is really powerful for me because, um, you know, what I was hearing at the 8 a.m. or the early morning meeting this morning was that, you know, talking about not going it alone and that, you know, this is a we program. It's not an I program. And um, I can't, it's amazing how many years I sat in the rooms of OA and it didn't occur to me or I didn't understand this concept of living in 10, 11, and 12 daily, one day at a time, you know, and, and just walking through my life with other people with the help of others. You know, it's, It's the times that I wasn't willing to ask for help that, you know, that's when I struggled the most. And, you know, the program, the miracle of the program is that it teaches me that I'll never be alone again, you know, unless I choose to be. Um, So with that, I pass.
0: Thank you very much, Eileen. M. Who would like to comment on these two paragraphs today? Lisa H. Carrie S. Carol and S. Carolyn S. Okay. I got Lisa H. There was somebody else and Carolyn S. And I'm sorry, that's all I got. Who did I miss?
5: Carrie S.
0: Carrie S. Was that Reggie O? It
5: was Kathleen O.
0: Kathleen O. Penny LC. Penny LC. And I thought I heard a gentleman's voice as well. Who else? Glenn P. Glenn P. Glenn P. Okay. And um, was somebody else wanting to share? Thought I heard another Terry voice. Terry H. Terry H. Terry H. All right, great. So we've got Lisa H, Terry S, Carolyn S, Kathleen O, Penny LC, Len B, Terry H, and was there someone else? Sherry KB. And Sherry KB. What a great lineup. Okay can't wait to hear from all of you but we're going to start with Lisa H followed by Carrie S. thank you good
6: morning uh, this is Lisa H grateful recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee and gosh listening to the first <laughs> the first meeting this morning um, there was so much wisdom there and and I love everyone talking about the we um, for me my disease was so isolating uh, because I thought I could do it myself. Um, and I also love when it says on the third day, he gave his life in ca- to the care and direction of his creator. Um, the third day, I was trying to think, you know, what my third day was like when I was separated from the food. Um, and I realized that, that each day, I only have this day, I have to surrender. I have to surrender my food. I have to surrender my life. Um, and my will um, and ask God how he would have me be um, and be willing to take direction. So that's the other thing. Um, th- this idea of me that I can do it myself changes when I walked in the door, when it became we, and there were people that understood my dilemma, that understood my crazy thinking, um, that were willing to guide me and share their Experience. Um, if I was willing to take that direction, um, and and the further I get away from my alcoholic binge foods and behaviors, um, the richer and deeper my spiritual experience becomes. Um, reflecting on that spiritual experience and and uh, talking about the the wife and the husband, um, I've been married to a recovered alcoholic. Um, for 29 years now and and you know decades and decades i was in the food and he was recovered and people would you know my family was like oh my gosh you're marrying an alcoholic and i would say but to um to get out of that illness he had a spiritual experience and he was this perfect guide for me but i couldn't get out of the food i couldn't get out of my own way Um, And I think God continued to talk to me through him. Now, happily, I think he, after I've been, you know, two and a half years now um, being recovered, our relationship is completely different. And he has seen this spiritual experience that I continue to have and grow into on a daily basis. Um, Thank you all for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you very much, Lisa H., Carrie S, you're up next, followed by Carolyn S.
7: Good morning. This is Carrie S. Gratefully recovered in Golden, Colorado. Happy Friday, everybody. So this reading really brings me to this idea. um, On the third day, it's this: we get an attitude change, and in in the abstinence, once I get abstinence, I get this attitude change, and then this prospect is able to begin to see the beauty of the forest because he's no longer diverted by the ugliness of some of its trees. And that, you know, I love that brings me to we agnostics um, that to take a certain attitude towards that power and to do these certain simple steps because otherwise I'm forming judgments on God based on the church or the prejudice, my own past prejudice or my bias. And um, thank God there's promises sprinkled all throughout this big book and that, um, that if I have this certain simple attitude, um, which is this mental position with regard to fact or state, a feeling or emotion towards an idea, this attitude then, I, then I'm not going to be talking of intolerances uh, while I w- am intolerant myself, right? On page 50, it talks about uh, in we agnostics. And I'm just so grateful that I, I have not one, not two, but three proteges all working in we agnostics at the same time. Uh, and it's just, it's so amazing that God gives us only what we can handle and um, this reading here, I'm just so grateful to, that that to see it's it works, you know, if we work it, we have to have this certain attitude um, and we can only have that attitude once we're out of the food. And so that's, you know, if you're new on the lines and this sounds crazy that all of us that, that say are, we're recovered, is, it's it's possible. It, it doesn't take long to get through the steps. It really doesn't if you do the daily work. And so, um yeah, the suffering can end. So hope hopefully everyone's out there doing their best, working these steps, and uh, with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you very much, Carrie S. Carolyn S., you're up next, followed by Kathleen O. Hi, this is Carolyn S. Can you hear me? Yes, Carolyn. Thank you. Um, this is Carolyn S.,
8: Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. Um, I, I like these paragraphs because... They express perfectly what it's like at the beginning. Next day, it's on the prospect more receptive. He's been thinking about it over, right? And he realizes that they have a lot of good points. Maybe you're right, he said. God ought to be able to do anything. Um, then he added, He sure didn't do much for me when I was trying to fight this booze racket alone. And that was my attitude when I was newly in, that, you know, yeah, God's all-powerful, and yet, how many times have I begged him for relief from this disease? You know, I didn't even know it was a disease, but, you know, please, please, let me stop eating, you know. Um, But, of course, what I wanted was to be thin and to be able to keep on eating the way I was, and I certainly wasn't relying on a higher power. I didn't know how. I didn't know how to connect to a higher power and... Um, I certainly didn't know anything about a program um, of recovery. Um, but then once I found OA and I learned, um, I was able to give my life over to the care and direction of my Creator and was willing to do anything necessary um, and that's when the recovery can start. Um, his wife came scarcely hope- daring to be hopeful. Um, I think my husband was you know, scarcely daring to be hopeful that I would become, you know, somebody less selfish and angry all the time and with the weight constantly fluctuating. I think that the weight bothered him, but not nearly as much as my personality, you know, changing and going through phases. Um, But anyway, she saw something different about her husband already. He had begun to have a spiritual experience. And they talk about how others in, in our lives often notice a difference in us before we notice one in ourselves. And um, it, it's amazing to me how once we become recovered, um, or even early when we're just starting to have a spiritual experience, people interact with us differently. And it's like, wow, everyone's suddenly becoming nicer. And it's just, it's not that. It's that I'm you know, reaching out to others and I'm more open and I'm more... Accepting and loving, and people respond to that. Um, my immediate family, but even strangers. You know, I work with the public, and I make an effort to interact you know, meaningfully with each person if I can, and um, they appreciate it. You know, um, you say something about somebody's, you know, oh, I love your purse. You know, it's true. No, I don't make it up. Um, and they're, like, oh, thank you. You know, I got it such and such place, and they go off with a slightly happier look on their face. And um, this is part of the spiritual experience. It's taking our own recovery and passing on the joy that we experience. Thank you, on Thank
0: you, Carolyn S.
9: Kathleen O, you're up hello. next. Hello, hello. I'm sorry to interrupt, but there's this noise on the line. I
0: think it, it just may have been a, a problem with the last call. Thank you so much. Um, Kathleen O, you're up next, followed by Penny LC. Thanks for pointing it out, though.
5: Thank you. Thank you, Elaine. Good morning. This is Kathleen O recovered in California. And he sure didn't do much for me when I was trying to fight this booze racket alone. And, you know, I, I don't, I didn't really even believe in God, but I was always asking God for stuff. It's like, Oh God, you know, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? And, you know, I want to lose weight, you know, please help me stop eating, help me lose weight. But that's about as far as it went. Um, And. You know, I had a lot of self-knowledge. Self-knowledge availed me nothing. I had a lot of self-knowledge. I knew it all, or I thought I did. And, you know, I could do, I could do diets. I could read self-help books. Um, sometimes they would work, but they wouldn't work for long. And so this, this part, you know, maybe you're right, he said, God ought to be able to do anything. And I started taking a look at that when I was, um, you know, seeing and hearing people in recovery. And, and they were staying recovered and it was so different than any self knowledge i had or diet books or any anything i had ever tried before and and you know when i when i gave my my life and um you know ask god ask my higher power of my understanding ask god for direction um and i was and you know, i was willing to go to any length i did you know have a spiritual experience it was like suddenly um you know, all I had to do was be abstinent, and work the steps, and when I got through the steps, it was like, you know, okay, this is working for me, and, but, you know, this, this, this program isn't for wussies It's not for complainers. Um, I hear people say, well, I don't really have a good connection with my higher power, or, or, you know, I can only stay abstinent a few days. Well, you know, all thoughts are born in action, and, and what we're thinking is where we're going to end up in, in the end, and, and so it's it's about developing a connection with a higher power and it's daily work it's not like okay today i'm going to do it and tomorrow i'm not i've got to do this daily and there's no magic wand you know there's there's been a transformation of my thinking and my actions and and the way i do that is i stay connected with my higher power and i stay connected with you guys you know i work this program diligently every day i can't rest on my laurels i've done that before And it disappears really quickly. So um, thank you. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Kathleen O. Penny LC, you're up next, followed by
1: Len P. Thank you, Elaine. This is Penny LC, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from the state of Washington. And when I looked at these paragraphs, it made me think of, of my journey and how I know each one of us is on our own journey with this disease and with the process, and, and we each needed to do what we needed to do to get to this point. Um, and I believe that you know God's timing is is just impeccable. If you think about how many times this poor man tried and failed, and I know I tried and failed, and then. Just at that last ditch moment, you know there's something that's presented to him and someone that comes to people that come to him with a with a new um idea and and offering and he was open to it you know that talks about in um the spiritual experience on page one sixty seven and one sixty eight it says. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery. And here he was open. He was receptive. And further on, when he talks about um, sure didn't do much for me when I was trying to fight this booze racket alone. Well, there at least he's being honest. You know, and, and he's facing the fact that It didn't work when he was trying to do it alone. Well, God couldn't help, not just didn't help, but couldn't help because he was so blocked. Um, He needed to at least be cleared from the alcohol for that 48 hours, I think, to make a difference. And the same thing as I, you know, need to put my binge foods down. And I also know that, that the difference between I just kept thinking I had to try harder it was my fault to be in that position of, of um overeating and, and uh you know being obsessed with food and I just thought I had to keep trying harder. And um it, that what i you know, what that tells me is it's not a matter of self discipline, but being able to turn to God for discipline. And then finally too, as I mentioned, the openness and the honesty and then there's the willingness when he says um, and uh, when the paragraph says he was perfectly willing to do anything necessary, you know, to go to any length to be willing to take those first three steps that I can't, God can, I just let him and and then begins that opening, that open door to that spiritual experience or that spiritual awakening, whichever we have
10: just a mine reminder
1: the, thank you mine was the gradual over time and my so my awakening was what has affected me and with that i'll pass thank you
0: thank you penny lc lenti you're up next followed by terry h
11: this is lenti from southern california is calling for my hot tub and- I love this, uh, these two paragraphs because really it underlines the issue of self-will, of being propelled by um, self-centered thinking and ego. Because what he basically says is, you know, uh, he might be right. God ought to be able to do anything. Then he added, he sure didn't do much for me when I was trying to fight this booze racket alone. Well, God wanted him to hit the bottom. You know, my sponsor says all the time, that the doors to OA should be, um, you know, locked at the top. They should be Dutch doors, and you should crawl in and be willing to crawl in through broken glass. Uh, That's the kind of desperation I had when I was over 450 pounds. Um, You know, I tried my will, you know, my will, my ego, my self-propulsion, and it got me to 450 pounds. You know, I have many degrees and many, uh, you know, certifications and licenses after my name, and it means nothing. You know, basically what it means is I was full of ego. And when I learned uh, and got humbled by this disease that my results were not due to, um, you know, in other words, God is always responsible for the results of my life. And once I became willing, what happened was, That that, the beginning of that transformation, allowing God to be the director and myself only being an actor in his play. Once I let go of the control, once I get out of ego, once I get out of self-propulsion and self-centeredness and self-centered thinking, what happens is, and I allow God to, um, you know, kind of uh, dictate, you know, what the results will be in my life. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. And what happens is when this happens and when I understand that God is responsible for the results, I let go of that self um, propulsion and I recognize and, you know, God took away my eating disorder and he could take away my character defects. Why does God do it? He does it because he loves me. It's as simple as that. I allow my higher power into my life. I clear the channel. And what happens is wonderful results happen. And uh, sometimes the results aren't, they don't follow my script in terms of things in my life, but God has a lesson for me to learn because everything in God's universe is, um, is absolutely correct. And when I start thinking as I'm responsible, that's where I get into trouble. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you very much, Len T. Terry H., you're up next, followed by Sherry K.B.
12: Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, uh, bulimic, anorexic in North Carolina. Very grateful today. Um, Yeah, I really like this this reading today. I'm learning a lot. You know, the willing to do anything necessary. Um, You know, when I came in, I had that little bit of willingness. You know, I went to -to face-to-face big book meetings, and I was listening, and... um, you know, I was desperate and I was dying, but I had that little bit of willingness to reach out and ask for help um, because I didn't, all the things that I tried to do, all the self control, all the, you know, self help books, dieting, whatever, exercising, um, hospitals, therapy, you know, all of that wasn't, didn't work for me. And so, you know, I just had that little bit of willingness. But, you know, willingness without works is dead. It's nothing. Just like faith without works is, is, is dead. You know, we have to take the actions. We have to do the work. You know, what am I willing to do? When I reached out and, and asked my sponsor to work with me in the program, I was willing to make that phone call, and I took the action. And then I was willing to listen and, 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 and take the action and, and call when I was asked to call to look at my food plan, you know, to be open, to be vulnerable, to show up. Those were the actions that I was able to take at the beginning in my recovery. You know, I was willing to sit in the uncomfortable fear, abstinent, and, you know, make phone calls, um, read my big book, pray, you know, whatever I needed to do to get through that uncomfortable fear while I was working the steps with my sponsor. And all those were those actions along with that willingness. And, you know, today as a recovered woman, what am I willing to do each and every day to work my recovery program? Today, you know, I put my recovery first. You know, I'm willing, I fit my life around my recovery because I know today that I have nothing in life without my recovery. And recovery has given me freedom and peace and serenity, yeah, there are challenges that go along with that, but I put my recovery first, and I work my program. That's my willingness today to live the recovered life minute by minute um, each and every day and i'm I'm just really grateful you know i it's It's really hard you know when i work when I'm working with other people because I want to give them that and i and I really can't. Um, I can't give someone abstinence. I can't give somebody, you know, that willingness to be able to, or that desperation to sit in that uncomfortable fear and anxiety to work through these steps because it works. The steps work for me. This is my life today. This is my recovery today. This is my program. And, you know, with with, with that, my connection with my higher power is so enormous. It's huge, and I love it so much. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you very much. Terry H. Sherry K.B.,
13: you're up next. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry K.B. in Northern California, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. So grateful to be on this line. Thank you for your service, Elaine, and welcome everyone on the line. And, you know, these paragraphs are really amazing because, you know, what they're talking about. um, Yesterday we talked about powerlessness and Step 1, and today – these two paragraphs are about step two and three. And, you know, um, it said, God ought to be able to do anything. He, you know, he's becoming receptive. This, this prospect is becoming receptive. So he's starting to see that he, you know, he is thinking about, wow, I am powerless and my life's unmanageable and I'm coming to believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity. And then here he's saying on the third day, which is to me step three, the next day was step two, And today, on the third day, it's step three, and he says that, you know, the care, he's turned his uh, life over to the care and direction of the creator. And um, so, you know, what this reminds me of is like on page 62, it talks about that we have to have God's help, that we had to stop playing God because it didn't work. And I just know that, all all these years, all the years that even when I first came into O eight, I I never heard, I never heard about steps ten, eleven, and twelve that I had to live in those. I didn't know that I had to give up, really give up my willpower, and that meant stop running the Sherry show is what it really meant, um, and quit trying to play God. I didn't hear that kind of stuff. Maybe maybe you know what I should have take, taken the cotton out of my ears and stuck it in my mouth because maybe I just wasn't listening. Um, but that's what's amazing to me is the more I get, I don't have to do this alone, and I've been trying to do it alone. And that's what my disease wants is for me to do it alone. And then, you know, it says that we, you know, it said um, in this part of step two, he's saying, I was trying to fight this booze racket alone. And, you know, and when we do these steps, in step ten it talks about that we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even food, um, you know, these are the promises that come true. When we work the steps, you know, it, it is like pixie dust in the steps when we work the steps because magic things start happening. Things start changing. You know, I get a closer relationship with my higher power. I'm starting to see my part in so many things that I've done. And, you know, where's the common denominator in all my problems? Me, um, every, everywhere I look, you know, I, I was the common denominator in a lot of stuff that I didn't realize that I was in. And these steps are magic. They do they they work they work me. They work us. Um I just I need to hear this over and over and over again because every time it goes deeper. Because see I'm never I am recovered but I'm never cured and you know my disease is still out there doing, you know, push ups and I need to hear this every day and with that I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Sherry K B. For those who just joined us or joined us a little late. We're on page 158, and we're commenting on the first and second paragraph, beginning with Next Day Found the Prospect. So, who would like to comment on those two paragraphs?
14: This is Larry.
2: Charles
0: Mary H. Elaine. Charles H. Elaine. One more? Courtney B. Courtney B. Okay, great. Let's take Larry K., Charles H., Elaine, and Courtney, um, and I'd like to get those two last initials when you are available. Thank you so much. Larry K., please go ahead.
14: Oh, thanks for your service. I appreciate it. Um, Larry K., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm from Chicago. You know, the um, this whole, you know, what is this spiritual awakening, to become awakened, you know, because if if the spiritual awakening were something that you could get through contemplating it through thinking about it hard enough. if the spiritual awakening were something that you could get by osmosis just by hanging around other people that seem to have what you want, then I would tell you to go do that you know do that do more of that work that harder be around people more. come to this meeting, come to a hundred meetings. It's not going to do it. it's through these actions. These actions embedded in these steps, I don't know why they produce an essential psychic shift in our thinking and thus our behavior. I don't know why that is, but I know that it does happen if you work the steps precisely as laid out in the big book. I don't know why. I didn't make the rules. I don't know why that was, but that's what happened to me. I'm not the same guy I was because I worked these steps. I was willing to take the action, and here's a key thing with the uncertainty, with the absolute uncertainty and unpredictability as to whether or not this was going to work for me. And, you know, that really created fear for me because I didn't know. I knew it worked in you, maybe, or or maybe this is a big nothing. This is a big zero. Maybe we're all delusional and it's a big fantasy. I will tell you from my experience that's not the case, although I wasn't sure. See, this happens through these actions, And we come out across this bridge, not cured like it was said, but we come out across this bridge, a new person. It's about the annihilation of our former self. You know, we have to die. That former person has to go away, and that's scary. But through these actions, that's what happens. And once we change, it's all about a process of change, we're brought into alignment with a higher power that we may not have even known existed. It only happens in reflection when you reflect back. And that's what happened to me. And among the other things, the obsession to binge eat was removed. Gonzo. Gone. Taken away. It's quite extraordinary, but you got experiences. It's experiential, not, it's not uh, something you can contemplate. With that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry Kay. Charles H., you're up next, followed by Elaine J.
2: Thank you for your service. of I being mean, be Charles H. A recovered compulsive overeater. So I like I like I like these oxymorons that I learned in program. You can't keep it unless you give it away. Destruction of self, self destruction. Um, those are just a, a couple. But I, I want to talk about how he said um, God God could ought to be able to do anything, um, but he couldn't do he didn't do anything when I was fighting this this booze racket alone. And, and I like how he said he took the third step. And there's so many references in, in, in this text, in the first 164 pages, including the doctor's opinion that say, you know what, a couple of days, three days. Look, this man turned his life and will and followed directions because that was the problem. What, what does page 88 tell me? That compulsive overviews are undisciplined and they don't want to follow directions. We don't want anybody to tell us what to do. And the doctor's opinion tells me on the the second page it did not satisfy us to be told we could not control it because we want to be God. We want to control this thing. I wonder if, if, if you guys were like me. I was jealous that I wasn't God and I was jealous that I couldn't control this thing and I was jealous that I had to surrender and I was resentful that I had to surrender. But once I did because... Once, the, once I put the food down, because I know God wasn't coming from heaven to slap it out of my mouth. He, he wasn't coming. He gives me free will, and in turn, I give that will back to him following these directions. Now, I'll give you a quick example. Now, I get up 4 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, go to work, do quiet time, pray, meditate, talk to people. Um, I'm at work now. And uh, my sponsor wants to meet at a big book meeting tonight and have dinner. I don't want to have dinner at his house tonight. I don't want to go to that meeting tonight. The Yankees are playing tonight. But you know what? I got to remember and play the tape back. I got to remember back to the lineage of Bill D, the sick man on the bed. Somebody is sick and somebody needs help. And I have the power to help, not the power to slap food out your mouth. I got the power to help. So I'll do so tonight. I may have to do a 10-step, so I might call one of you West Californians to do a 10-step on it, but I'm willing and I'm desperate. The desperation of a drowning man. That's right. That's the, third, that's the third one, the desperation of a drowning man. No, I'm not drowning today, but i got that direction and that mindset that if I don't take my medicine, I will drown. With that, I pass.
9: Thank you, Charles
10: H.
15: Elaine J., you're up next, followed by Courtney B., Hi, this is Elaine J. from uh, California. Thank you. Wow, this is such a great meeting. I don't know if I've ever been on it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for 12-stepping me. And thank you, Elaine. Anyway, um, I uh, I didn't realize uh, in reading that about uh, Bill D., is his name, spiritual uh, experience, that mine uh, parallels his um many years ago a couple decades ago in november i had a spiritual not awakening but release after being in the food off and on for um, many years and relapse i was relapsing for about gosh 20 years i think so um in oa and um I had a spiritual release, not a spiritual awakening. The awakening came after I remained abstinent and worked the program. But um, I believed that God could do for me what I could not do for myself, finally. I was really struck abstinent. And I had listened to other people who'd worked the steps. I had a mentor who at that point had 20 years of abstinence, she now has over 40. And um I believed that what she promised me and what the big book promised could happen to me if I took a simple attitude and when I surrendered, it was my surrender was one hundred percent complete at that point because I was given the 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 gift of exhaustion the exhaust the exhaustion from controlling my food and my weight, having um my abstinence tethered to how i felt that if i felt bad if i was inconvenienced if i had the anxiety and depression if i was full of fear or practicing my character defects that i would break my abstinence but over the years i've realized that i'm supposed to have character defects that's got uh, bill wilson was so divinely inspired that he talked about these in the book He talked about resentment and fear. He talked about self-centeredness. There's no shame for me uh, with having character defects anymore. That's why we have steps. That's why I have a program. And just like Bill D, I didn't realize it. And so reading that, that I had the same experience. Nothing, nothing was tethered to my abstinence anymore. And I had to believe like Bill believed that others who had gone before me could do it. And I always thought I was too damaged in pro- to get this. Anyway, I'm very grateful. Um, and thank you, thank you guys for 12-stepping me. I pass.
0: Thank you, Elaine J.
15: Courtney D.,
16: you're up next. This is Courtney B Northern California. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, Courtney. Thank you. Oh, good morning.
16: So, boy, when we read just the, how I prayed to God, I'd never binge again. And by nine, I'd be oiled as an owl. Oh, God, the trapped wounding of, of an addict's soul. God, that makes me want to cry. All of us that have waddled in here know that feeling of complete humiliation and embarrassment. And then when you said, maybe you're right, God ought to be able to do anything, but he didn't do much for me. And I was trying to fight this alone. Well, I was trying to hold on to both. I wanted God to do like an extreme makeover on me where I wouldn't feel any discomfort. I could lose weight without trying. All my dreams would magically come true without my participation. I had been raised on Disney movies. I'm sorry, but magic, magic, magic. And I was so hurt and angry, God didn't seem to do that. And then I came in here. I wanted God to make the hard decisions for me. And then someone said, maybe God has a higher view of your humanity than you do. God wants my participation. My choices really do matter. And I read a book that said that wonderful attic personality that I've got, my intensity, good. It's not a bad thing surrender it to a power greater than myself. So I for me that's why I love if I'm on the step, I read everything I can find on it. A A O A N A S L A Al Anon. I read the history of A, -A 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 everything I can just soak myself in recovery and then start working the steps. So the more I participate, the more freedom I was in my garden, big, thick, thick wheat and the ground was so hardened, which represents my heart soul. I couldn't get the dang thing out, and then I thought, what if I just water the ground, soften it up a bit, and dig a little bit? I kept doing that. I pulled that weed out with roots and all, and I realized, oh, that's what the steps do to my hardened heart. I've become so hardened and shut down. I had to to survive. But with these steps, they just seemed to open my heart up. My participation, process participation, really for me, have resulted in those promises. When I read them, I heard them, I thought, Oh, how ridiculous. I I just don't know anyone more cynical than I. But they've changed my heart and, and for that I'm I'm very grateful. I'm I'm happy most of the days, even though some real crappy stuff's going on in my life. But God meets me right in the depth of that hurt and wound of my mom dying, I had to call hospice. And it's an awful thing to watch someone die. I don't like it. And I wanted to binge and then it was like, No, no you're right here with me in this process. I can't escape it. Walk me through this. I have peace. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Courtney B., We have time for one more share. If someone has a Brittany M.
7: This. Hello,
0: Brittany. Beverly. M.
10: Brittany, please go ahead, Brittany M. Thanks, Elaine. Uh, good morning. This is Brittany M. Recovery reader of was Spokane, Washington, and um. Yeah, I'm I too am reading we agnostics um with a, a couple of fellows and um what comes to me this morning is um you know we've tried the way of faith and we've tried the way of no faith and no faith and both of left us left us wanting. And you know, it's just my simple mind um snapping its trap shut and 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 making decisions about something or, or being prejudiced. And open-mindedness on this deal is absolutely essential. And for me, what I've discovered is that this deal happens on God's time, right? It doesn't look like what I think it should look like, and it doesn't happen when I think it should happen. Um, but, you know, it it's kind of reminds me of the story of the, the flood and the guy on the roof, you know, praying to God for help and um you know god sends a helicopter well in this case you know god sends two alcoholics and they're recovered nonetheless and um it also reminds me of you know he says you know i've prayed and um and it's never really got me anything and you know there's a difference between um faith and faith that works and it's like being in the oasis and and or not being in the desert and being really thirsty and praying for the oasis versus um and believing that it really exists the oasis really exists and please god please bring me that oasis bring me that drink of water versus actually following the steps and walking towards the oasis and um you know it's the step we it's you know we don't have to swallow it all in in at one time um my conception of God is just that it's not me and it can be that simple. I mean, the only, the only thing that we have to do a hundred percent is recognize our powerlessness and, and be honest. And, um, and we commence to get results, right? I don't have a blind faith. Like, you know, I keep this open mind. I follow instruction. I don't think too much about it. And it's amazing. I commence to get results, which enables me to trust a little bit more. And, um, yeah, and I wouldn't be doing this deal if, you know, I didn't experience the happiness, peace, and usefulness in a way of life that is more credible as time passes. And um, thank God that uh, I get to do this deal today. So, okay, thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Brittany M. And everybody who shared today we will now transition the meeting by reading from the big book on page 164. Will Janice
9: B. please read a vision for you? Yes. Good morning, visionaries. This is Janice B. We covered Compulsible Reader in Vermont. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask Him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order.